0: So on the train on the way up here today i listened to the bathroom break podcast with rap oh yeah, yeah and i fucking loved it and i didn't realize just i mean i guess i did but listening to that hearing just how much fun this band has had yeah since day one yeah. <laughs> is pretty insane i want to get into some of the stories in a bit but first of all obviously your family is like one of the most famous families to a certain demographic ever what was it like growing up in that household before the world knew them? Like, just when you were just kind of, you know, the Majeras and you were just average working
2: class, like. Yeah, never a pen- dull, dull moment, you know? Yeah, it was always like that, was it? Yeah, we grew up in a town that was just boring enough to, like, you know, go, go out of control and film stuff all the time and just try and entertain ourselves, really, you know?
0: <laughs> does the creativity and the comedy, which obviously is in you and Bam, does that come from April and Phil very much so?
2: Yeah, I mean, they definitely, like, encouraged us, and, um, you know, they they always have funny stories and stuff, but we were, like, super inspired by, like, weird movies, like uh, Amazon Woman on the Moon. And, okay, like, so super weird. Yeah, just, like, <laughs> skit movies, you know, Kentucky Fried Movie, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Just, it's it's just a bunch of skits that are kind of weird out there, and, uh, you know, there's, like, a Jerry Lewis film called Cracking Up that's kind of like that that me and Bam loved as kids. It was, it was this... Uh, Channel in Philadelphia called prism and they just aired like the weirdest 80s movies you can imagine you know that HBO were like no we're not playing that so we just grew up on that man and um, it just gave us all these ideas to like write skits and, and stuff like that you know.
0: Uh, It seems to me like there was always this cast of characters around you guys as well. And I think everybody involved in the CKY video franchise, Mm. there was no weak link. Yeah. Like, everybody was fucking hilarious. Everybody played their part, yeah. I mean, how did you, did you all go to school together? How did you all meet?
2: Yeah, yeah. We all went to high school together. And, um, yeah, it's funny because, like, I've said this before, but it's like the videos and the band have nothing to do with each other. But, like. It made sense for us to call it both CKY because that's all we did. It's like we'd film all day and then record music all night. So,
0: and I guess both bands strengthen, both brands, sorry, strengthen each
2: other. Yeah, it, it kind of worked to our advantage because people were just confused. You yeah, know? they yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. "What is it? Is it mo- is Escape Video? You know, is it a, a band?" Like, so people just there was a lot of questions and it got people to do actual research and and you know get involved in it and try and figure out what the hell it was (laughs) what did come first um it was pretty much the same time so was like the chicken and the egg thing (laughs) yeah it was like you know the you know bam put together enough stuff he's like i have like a full movie here and we finished volume one our first album and he was like i'm gonna use like probably all all of your record in the in the film and then we even did some extra stuff like that we called volume two yeah 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 and that was like. Super rare, um, you know. Came out on picture disc vinyl. Like we would just do really quick limited runs of it. You know, like um, there's a store in the states called Hot Topic, so they did uh, two thousand copies on vinyl. And then we would like print CDs, at, uh, you know, five thousand limited runs, you know, of CDs and stuff. But um, so it's a pretty sought after record or whatever, even though it's just. A, a compilation of the weirdest soundtrack music we've done, and just prank calls and like weird stuff, you know.
0: <laughs> well, Chad was telling me when the band started, you kind of had a few different projects going on, yeah. And the different projects had very different styles yeah. and sounds, right? And then the first album and the birth of the band was kind of an amalgamation of the best of both. Is that right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Like Chad had a project um, uh, that he was doing, and it was really like funk. Almost like Ween meets Allison Chainsy kind of band, (laughs) which makes no sense. Sounds like the best band ever. Oh, dude. (laughs) I I still love his record. Uh, It's called Rudy and Blitz. I've listened to it all the time. And then um, we had like another project that was like um, almost like math metal, kind of like Don Caballero inspired. Like, I don't know. It was was weird. And uh, none of these projects. They're completely different worlds, but we just all threw it onto this Volume Two album. You know, <laughs> it's a mess.
0: What What you guys were doing then was wasn't really like in step or in sync with what was going on musically either. Oh yeah, like yeah. it's quite easy to forget because of all the huge success of obviously jackass and you know the viva bam stuff it's quite easy to forget that when cky first came out as a pretty like original high concept band wasn't yeah it? I,
2: I think that's why we stuck out at the warp tour like you know we did warp tour 99 and 2000 and you know it's a lot of punk bands and and all that stuff and we we're people would come over and watch us like what the hell is this you know <laughs> yeah
0: and you guys were on that pretty much right out of the gate am i right in thinking that yeah very early doors i mean it, and you got thrown off, and then you got thrown off again. Uh,
2: yep,
1: two <laughs> years in a row, kicked off,
2: and then we got invited back 2017 somehow. So uh, <laughs> enough but, water had passed under the bridge by yeah, then. Yeah, time heals all. You know, <laughs>
1: um,
2: but yeah, I mean the the band like we're very influenced by like the desert you know Caius Fu Manchu well I was chatting
0: to Chad about Davey because I know Davey very well and obviously we right. did the Phoenix record out at the Rancho Notorious Rancho uh, it's like
2: the Abbey Road of the Desert it's just the <laughs> coolest place in the world I yeah. went out
0: there in like 2014 spent the mm-hmm. day out there and was just in awe of there's a vibe as soon as you
2: get there isn't there definitely like I would hear bands that record there talk about like there's just a there's a vibe man when you go there there's just a creative vibe and, and I was like mm, okay and then when you get there you're like oh I get it you know
0: <laughs> what was it about chester that gave birth to this kind of movement that you guys kick-started was it just that there was a lack of things to do
2: yeah and and my town had a great scene man like it was just you know we, we were in high school we do these local shows and there was just such a cool punk hardcore rock scene in westchester and um you know uh, bucks county like all the spots around like so many cool bands have spawned from from that era like circus survive was a band that we would play with all the time back in the day and like um you know a lot of bands like starting line um i don't know it's, it's crazy like to to think of uh there's uh ac slades from my town you know he went on to play for murder dolls and now i think he's in joan jett's band and like you know like my town spawned a lot of musicians, man. <laughs> Taking back Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Did a lot of people start coming to your town when, you know, Jackass was getting filmed and it was blowing up? Yeah. Did, did it almost feel like the gates had been opened and the fucking the circus had come to town?
2: It was definitely weird, like walking around town and there's people from Europe, like that came there on holiday, you know? It's like, yeah, come to this It's weird like a mecca. Little, yeah, exactly. And they're like scoping around like restaurants that we film skits in and stuff. And, uh, it's kind of funny, like I, I, I guess I re- relate to that. You know, there's like, a, you know, Breaking Bad. Like when you're in Albuquerque, you're like, oh, I got to see the house they filmed at, and stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. There's stuff like that.
0: Were you, but, were you like a skater as a kid, or were you always more into music?
2: Yeah, I was. I was a pretty good skater, but. Um, I'd have to go skating with like Kerry Getz, Mike Maldonado, Bam, um, you know Chris Cole, you know, like. So I'm like, me too, guys. And, and these like, are all
0: people on the local scene as well. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And and you know they all went on to be some of the best skaters of all time. And and it's pretty intimidating to hang with those guys, even though I was like I could hold my own. It's like, you know, oh me too, yeah. It's like they're doing kick flips down thirty stairs, and I'm I'm like. Maybe I can ollie uh, 10 stairs, you know? <laughs> Which
0: seems like shit in comparison.
2: Oh, yeah. You should be stoked on it. Yeah, it's like if you're a great basketball player, but you're hanging out with, like, you know, all these, like, uh, LeBron and shit, it's just like, yeah, no, I'm nothing. <laughs> how,
0: how how young were you then when you started? Was it drums initially that was the first instrument? What did you start playing first um, of all? How old were you?
2: No, skating, me and Bam were, like, heavy into skating. And then, um, you know, a lot of my friends would, like, play me all these cool records, you know, like Kais and... um you know, Nirvana obviously was a big thing uh when I was in high school and um and I just got more into music eventually and I, I um went to drum lessons in my town. I I just learned the basics and then I quit drum lessons and um and just tried to copy off all my favorite albums, you know, like yeah. Primus. The Primus drummer was like a huge influence and, and uh, JP from Clutch and obviously John Bonham, like every fucking drummer. <laughs> um, but it's funny because uh, like not too long ago, I was in a coffee shop in my town and I saw my drum teacher, like he's like 75 now or something, still shredding, you know, like playing in jazz trios and stuff. He could probably shred me with a cigar in his mouth still, you know. And uh, he said, hey, man, how you been? I was like, oh, good to see you, John. He's like, "Um, you owe me a laptop. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I spit coffee all over my laptop because I saw an ad with you in Modern Drummer Magazine. He's like, (laughs) you were my worst student. (laughs) Just goes to show, doesn't it, punk rock? Yeah. He's, he's like trying to teach me, like you know, how to sight read and stuff, and I'm like, I just want to play Guns and Roses, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the first big CKY tour? Um, would, it, would Warp, it have been the Warp tour? Warp tour, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we we're like still very new, and it was pretty crazy. We toured in a uh, the worst van you could ever imagine, as ever. every band does, right? Yeah. At that starting point, <laughs> but it
0: sounds like fucking training camp, like boot camp. <laughs>
2: It'll a toughen fr- you up, right? A good right? friend of mine said, like, um, warp tours, like Vietnam, mm-hmm. like for bands, it's like, oh, you did warped, like, yeah, man, like there's a level. You don't of respect know, man, there, but it's like you haven't seen but, it. But but it's like, let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we made it through. Let's just yeah, leave it at yeah, that. Yeah. but w- like, props to you, man. Yeah. W- was '96 quite a bit of beings like an instant hit? Was that the one that that's, you'd notice people just fucking?
2: That's ah! the weirdest thing. Because
0: um, it doesn't even have a chorus, does it? Yeah, like, and we were. I was noticing we that got about told it the other night.
2: It was Career Suicide by our record label. Well putting we, that out as a single Yeah, we said we wanted to lead off with that single and they were just like there's no hook. Yeah, yeah, like the chorus is a guitar part. Like that you can't do that. And whenever a label tells you career suicide, it's either really bad or you're onto something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And time only itself tells. Exactly. And it was an instant smash. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't. The album came out and um, you know, people were more into like Disengage and Rio Bravo and stuff, and because '96 wasn't on the first CKY video, and it wasn't until we used it for the Tony Hawk game, and then um, the shopping cart scene in Jackass, when that became like, still to this day, probably our biggest song. You know, yeah. were
0: you around for much of the Jackass filming, or was that more Bam's thing, and you were just focusing on the band and trying to live your own was, life?
2: Pretty Carb much there for all of the stuff they filmed in Westchester. Obviously, I was there for a lot of um, West Coast stuff, but the band had already taken out, off pretty good at that point, and um, we were on tour all the time, so I missed out on a lot of it. But uh, but yeah, when they came to Westchester, I was I was part of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And we, um, were
0: you like because let me try and see how I can word this respectfully? I think sometimes when. Fame and success finds, like, your group of friends. Mm. Sometimes it can take some of the good parts of that creativity and perhaps turn it sour because of the attention and the...
2: Yeah, there was some of that, definitely. Did you feel a bit of that? And just, you know, when we were filming CKY videos, it's like we have some little camera and it's just... We go into the woods and, like, go bowling in the woods and, like, you know, there's very much, like, raw, just creativity coming out of nothing. And then when you get to a certain level and there's a whole crew of people on MTV with clipboards and little microphones, like, you know, it, it kind of takes away the vibe a little bit. You know, you still have to be funny, but, you know, there's a crew of people looking at you this time and it's a little odd. <laughs> and there's a lot of
0: characters, I think, that didn't go over to the Jackass world as well, like the Decos, the Rabs, the Rakes. They were right. obviously like, now we're going to kind of leave you guys to that.
2: Dika Mello was very much not into the MTV thing. You know, he he really enjoyed filming off the cuff and no waiting around for lights to get set up and things like that. And you could tell that he just got burnt out on it. Like, and he's, he started to not like it. You know, what's
0: his deal? Because I think he is one of the funniest motherfuckers. I know, man. So creative.
2: Yeah, he, he really. Uh, he should
0: have been like a method actor or something. Some
2: of those skits, like, he just it was just pure comedy gold like the stuff of legend you know and um yeah now he's just like lays low i, I rarely ever see him you know he uh, i think he has a couple kids now and
0: does he still live in the area yeah he yeah? does
2: but man it's it's not often you see him um i run into rake a lot just at the supermarket and stuff
0: <laughs> and is he still doing the science uh yeah yeah, yeah? he's
2: still a scientist uh, that's the last time i saw him he's like i just invented a cure for the common cold i was like <laughs> that's uh that's pretty big. Yeah. That's something, well, that's something we need. Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm sure I'm not the first guy to figure it out, you know? Like, they just don't put it out because, like, Tylenol and NyQuil and all these companies will go out of business, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he basically said it's like some kind of yogurt enzyme. Wow. Yeah, it's like that's the main ingredient. Like, so next time you get sick, just eat a fuckload of yogurt. <laughs>
0: I mean, what was in the water? Every character's just such a fascinating individual, aren't they? Didn't, yeah. didn't Rab basically just become like your. Are you familiar with the band Happy Mondays?
2: Uh, I've heard the name.
0: So they would have like this mascot that would go on tour with him called Bez. Right. He wouldn't necessarily play anything, but he'd yeah. just be on stage getting wrecked. Yeah. Sort of like the team mascot. Did it, Rab become that for CKY? The band for early
2: tours. Yeah, Rab would hop on the bus a lot and and yeah, just be like a hype man, I guess. <laughs> and wasn't he
0: meant to be studying at university at the time? Yeah,
2: yeah, he missed out on a lot of college classes uh, by going on tour with us and gotten a lot of shit because of <laughs> <laughs> i
0: was listening on the bathroom break podcast with him that you did you were saying so where we played in london the other night the forum mm. you guys for your first uk show right we're going to do like this small cap venue that sold out in mm. like a minute or something crazy right. upgraded to the forum where we played that went in like an hour and that was your first yeah. london show is that
2: right yeah well it was like um it was like the early days of the internet like message boards and stuff like that and um Chad and I noticed, like, a a ton of the comments and stuff were from England. And At we're this like, point,
0: you hadn't been to Europe at all.
2: Not at all. We didn't have albums here. And that was the main thing, when we were like, you got to book us a tour over overseas. And they were like, it's going to be a waste of time. No one has your album over there. Like, no one knows who you are. And I was like, I beg to differ, you know. <laughs> uh, we have, like, videos over there and, and a TV show now. And, uh. Finally, they're like, oh, okay, they booked us the Mean Fiddler in London. Yeah, so right, yeah, yeah. 700 cap. It sold out in 20 minutes. And they were like, who the hell are you guys? Like, how are you doing this? And then they moved it to the forum, and that sold out in like two hours, you know? So that was a thing. Then, like, Mercury Records came on board because they saw, like, you know, that we're doing business here, not just America. So.
0: So you start getting wined and dined, did you? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah? so funny. Tell uh, me about some great wining and dining.
2: Oh man. So I I told the story a couple of times, but it's it never fails. It's <laughs> good. Um we uh we played in London and Mercury bought us this um like really nice hotel room and somebody found like mushrooms in Camden or something, and we were like really partying it up. And um there was nine of us in our room and we ordered 9 of everything on the menu everything <laughs> and they brought it 9 pizzas 9 burgers 9 beers 9 everything of course it turned into this massive food fight where they had to recarpet and repaint and everything animal house stuff yeah, exactly mercury <laughs> got stuck with the bill but back then how know, much was the bill 20 you know? something thousand pounds wow one night <laughs> yeah but i mean the music industry was so big back then. That was just like not even that big of a deal. It was just like, ah, they were partying, you know? I talk
0: about this a lot on my podcast because I've had so many people on that were either there through a lot of it or just caught the tail end of it Right when it was like the old decadent yeah days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, and it yeah, was just man. fucking drug girls money advances yeah, jets
2: it, it, they would just throw around money they were making so much money because uh, i mean there's record stores everywhere like virgin Mega store, you know like you're the day your album comes out there's like a hundred copies in one store like it was a really cool feeling you know like to go into a store and see your record like all huge on this display like now you're going to, if you can find a record store, you know, like the yeah, new yeah, m M&M m yeah. will have like two copies there. You know? yeah. It's just like, what is this?
0: It's gone, isn't it? The party's yeah. over in so many ways.
2: Yeah, you know, but...
0: Do you still enjoy being on the road? Obviously, it's not like the level that it was, but is it still somewhere that you find happiness and joy? And,
2: yeah, uh, I I definitely, I mean, live music is why I do this, you know, like, you know, right now we're out with Wild Hearts and Backyard Babies and a couple of shows, you know, you see a lot of people that have no idea who you are, and
0: yeah, because Wild Hearts fan base are very hardcore. Yeah, uh, I noticed that. Yeah. And they're not necessarily, and I mean this respectfully, they're not necessarily into all kinds of music until they're shown. Right. Ah, actually, yeah, because yeah. they kind of like what they like, and then that's just them. Exactly. But Wild Hearts are notorious for always bringing out interesting support bands, introducing uh-huh. the fan base to a group they haven't heard before, right. and then kind of embracing them and taking them on board. And
2: It's so cool that they brought us out, and, and I've, I'm super appreciative of that because that, I love that, man. I love when there's a scene like that. Yeah. You go out and start playing, and people are kind of looking at you like, well, hmm, you know, what is this? And yeah. then I have like... That's the challenge, isn't its is By yeah, the end, you've got to have them on you side. You 40 minutes to, to make them into it. And to woo them. It's my favorite thing to see somebody that's looking at us like a dog that's been shown a card trick. And then, and then, like, by the end, they're nodding their head and they're into it. And I'm like, yes, my job here is done. And know? that's
0: it. And because a lot of people who come to the shows early and are on the barrier, they're there right. to see the headline act. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of dead face. Yeah. A lot of just impress me, motherfucker. Or, exactly. God, when's this going to be over? Yeah. And then, as you say, throughout the course of that set, yeah. they're, like, tapping their head a bit more. And then by the yeah. end, if you've done your job right, you've and got
2: i I've, definitely been that guy you know like i've gone to see clutch or you know a band i like and then the opener and i'm kind of like what's this about and then by the end it's like these guys are awesome you know what i mean like it's it's cool cool thing when it happens
0: you were in a band, or are in a band, like a side project thing with Neil, right? From yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. It's called The Company Band, is it?
2: Yeah, that was the first time CKY broke up. and um, I was
0: First of how many now?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> t- t- two, three times, probably. Uh, the one. But the
0: first is always the hardest. So do you think exactly. at that point in time, it's
2: over the fucking, what's going to happen yeah. now? Where do I go from here? I'm sitting on my patio. I'm like, now what do I do? What year is this? Uh, 2007, I want to say. And... Um, I, I was like just sipping on beers and I had some beer courage and I just went through my phone and like called all these dudes. I I'm a huge fan of you know like Fireball Jim from Fireball Ministry. Uh, hey, we need to jam, dude. He's like, yeah, cool. When you know, Brad from Fu Manchu. Um, and then I started working on music, just music with with uh, with those guys. And then um, I called Neil and I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing with with the uh, you know. Fu Manchu guy and uh, blah, blah, blah. And he's, uh, I was like, it would be cool if he popped up on a song. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, cool, send me. I was like, tell you what, we have like six songs demoed right now. Um, I'll just send you all six. Pick which one you like. And he just called me back like an hour later. Why don't I just sing on all of it? And I was like, that could be arranged. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. like Inside, one of my favorite singers. you like singers. doing high fives. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think he knew that at the time, but it, like, I N- just saw him live found, in London. Like, he's fucking
0: incredible. Oh, isn't he? dude, he
2: like brings it, man. He's like a the the best way I heard it described. Like Neil on stage is like a a preacher waving a gun around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It's like
0: he swallowed
2: every thesis and conspiracy theory in the
0: world. Right. ripped on a huge fucking bong. Yeah, plugged in. Well, that's all he does, man. Then- <laughs> he, he
2: reads books all day long. Like I just, I've, at this point, I've toured with him a lot and. He's always in the corner of the venue with a flashlight in the dark reading, like, a Isaac Asimov book or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, Amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's not many people like that around nowadays. Like, real real rock stars, but in, insanely intelligent. Yeah, like,
2: just grabbing, like... Uh, the, the, the thing with him is, like, he'll take, like, three subjects that go nothing together, but he'll tie them together and make it seem like it makes sense, you know? Like, Ray Kurzweil's Singularity tied into... Um, you know, a Rush album yeah. influence. So, you know, like it's it's crazy where he gets his lyrics from, but man, it's interesting as hell.
0: You must have toured with some amazing bands over the years, um, and you must have had a lot of fun with a lot of them as well. Oh, yeah. I wanna pick up on a couple of groups. Did you get up to much mischief with the Bloodhound gang? Back in the day when it was all kicking off, you know, it's because funny, they were always like around. It seemed in the videos in the background, yeah, with Jimmy and, and Bam, good friends. Or what was the link there? Yeah,
2: we. I don't know if we've ever toured with them, but I mean, they all live close to Westchester. So. Okay, oh, so that's a local sort of band as well. Exactly, is it? Yeah. right. So I mean, we've hung with them so many times, just and it's insane. Those guys are insane. Like, <laughs>
0: well, they're kind of done now because of what happened in Russia, right? It yeah. seems that like that just put a full stop on that.
2: Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, I I caught them at the Philly airport right after that did you and I I was coming home from a BAM tour um, we did the BAM at a punk band for a while and I was flying home from Norway and they were flying home from Russia and I saw them at the airport and I was like hey out tour go and, and they are like I'm sure you'll see it on CNN <laughs> I was like what the hell and sure enough got home what, put on the news it's like American band Bloodhound gang you know beaten up by the KGB at the airport and all this and I was like
1: what?
0: <laughs> and that was evil Jared, right? Yeah, evil I Jared.
2: Think, I think put like a Russian flag down his pants or something. Yeah, wiped his ass with something. I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean,
0: it's next level, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's uh, you can't get away with that, there, man.
0: <laughs> what about Hank from uh, Turban Negro? Yeah, I, I just saw Hank. Um, he What's did, he up to musically now? Has he got a solo record? Yeah, he's
2: got a. He started his own band. Uh, it's called Hank from Hell. He's um, he played uh, this place called the Chameleon right right by my town, and um, I got up and did a song with him. It was fun, man. It was good to see him again. And he looks like he's in a good place, you know? Was
0: he another one of those dudes that almost went over the edge? but Yeah, managed to those just
2: guys partied back? really hard, man. And, um, you know, they've all chilled out a bit. I saw Happy Tom when we played Oslo. And it's so funny. I went out to dinner with him, and I, I didn't realize, like, he's like a, a TV personality. Like, you know, he is like a... Like, like a, a chat show host like, Yeah, like a talk show. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, So people, like, know him obviously from the band, but then they... He's also like known as like a Jimmy Kimmel type of dude or something in Norway. Amazing. I know it's funny. Was a lot
0: of those links just? Do you think the the videos and the, or was it the musical community,
2: or was it a little bit of both? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, probably. yeah. Um, it seemed like a beautiful time. Yeah, it was a good time to to be a band, man. There's a lot of cool cool bands going, and um, I saw a lot of bands come out of nowhere, like Graveyard. Uh, one of my favorite bands from Sweden. Yeah, I know them very well. They well opened, opened for us in the in the States. And, um, you know, I think it was probably their first time in in the States. And we had a day off. And they're like, Jess, what are you getting into tonight? And I was like, um, I'm going to this guy Mike Busey's house. It's Gary Busey's nephew. And it's always a good time. And I didn't say much else. And they're like, do you mind if we tag along? And I'm like, absolutely, guys. Come on. So we pull up to Mike Beasley's house. The first thing you see is like a completely naked woman with a flamethrower. <laughs> and they were like, what is this? I was like, oh, dude, it's great. You're going to have a good time. And um, he had this house that was on like 30 acres of swampland, like alligator-infested swampland. And we were like shooting guns into the swamp and stuff. And they were like having panic attacks. Like, is this how America is? And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And um, right when they were like, on the verge of like freaking out um Busey just comes over he's like who wants to throw a grenade
0: <laughs> I mean I knew that his his uncle you saying is Gary yeah I knew yeah. he was fucking wild but oh, it, it yeah. runs in the family does it obviously
2: yeah <laughs> man and uh that's when the, how did you meet him the grenade was just like I uh, actually through the jackass guys right right yeah, right we, we filmed some stuff at, at his place um uh Steve-O and um that guy, Manny, the snake guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, um, they were friends with Mike, and we filmed a bunch of stuff down there, and, and that's how we met him.
0: I didn't know this till recently, but that guy, Loomis, was in a punk band with, like, Joe Sib. Yeah, Who set was, up um, Side One Dummy. God, what were they called? The f- uh, I forget completely, but. Yeah. Uh, they were in some, the- like, Californian fucking skate punk
2: band, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great band. God, that's the worst part about being 40 is like, <laughs> I can't remember names i have to look it up to yeah. settle it. Yeah. But
0: yeah, I was on the uh, Floggy Molly cruise recently and I was chatting to that guy Joe Sib and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, let's look up what he's done." I remember
2: their video Spike Jones directed their video, it's a guy running on fire, like a jogger that's just on fire. And
0: and that was just pre Jackass even, wasn't it? Yeah. Super uh is it called Wax? Yeah, that's it, Wax. Yeah. Yep. Wax or 22 Jacks, those two. Yeah. That he was in well, fucking amazing. Wax
2: was the one that I knew because of the Spike Jones video. It's like, you know, it stuck out on MTV back then. It's just a guy jogging on fire the whole time. It's like, okay, I'll remember that one.
0: <laughs> How stoked were your parents for both you and Bam when everything started taking off for you both so early on? Or was yeah. there a little bit of concern as well?
2: Yeah, there was definitely concern that we were, like, going to get out of control. Um, but, you know, having having a kid straightened me out. You know, when I was, like, 25, I want to say, I... I got married and had a kid. And uh, and
0: you've got four now, right? Yes, I do. So that keeps yeah. you well and truly occupied and busy and definitely yeah. for the most part out of trouble.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was on the road to hell and uh having a kid straightened me out pretty quick. You know, it's like, there's yeah. this is little human that depends on you. You know, it's like, I can't fuck up, man. You know.
0: <laughs> what time period were you doing the uh, Fuck Face Unstoppable? That band was with the second
2: Bam. time cky broke up right for good like for years you know. And is
0: that because Darren then left? Yeah, he yeah. left the band. We what, actually what had Darren, you um
1: asking.
2: He quit the band in 2011 and then we got Daniel Davies um to replace him for a few tours. We did like Soundwave Australia um with him and then a couple other festivals and um that was exciting as hell cuz like I'm a huge fan of his band year long disaster and it's like his dad was in the Kinks, dude, you know. And his stepdad was John Carpenter. <laughs> the well, that's a serious lineage right there. I know, man. man. So um so he had leave. Daniel We started getting into a new record with Daniel singing and then um And it was why did Darren leave? it? he just had enough? Uh fuck, man. It's <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> we can um, leave it at that if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just typical turmoil just Yeah. Uh yeah. Torn too much, kind of massive fights. The age you know. old story that almost every band that has yeah, ended it, is, yeah. has it's, gone through. It really is, uh, you know, it's every behind the music
0: one Yeah, yeah, the music. yeah. You <laughs> yeah. get success, ego, drugs, put all of them together.
2: Good combination of all that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he's gone, you're working on this record, and then that falls through, yeah. does it? Or what happens? Uh, Daniel to them?
2: Davies started an album with him after Darren left, and then. um then he got the call from his stepdad John Carpenter to put together this huge tour of they have like a giant movie screen playing all the, the music from the films you know like Christine and Big Trouble in Little China Halloween and then they score it live it's it it's cool i caught it in philly it's like an amaz- amazing show and um you know obviously it's like he's like you know it's your it's family, it's family and yeah. it's this amazing project and i'm project sure you're going to get paid much more, yeah, better yeah, than yeah. we <laughs> 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 Yeah so um uh, then Chad and I were just left to be like, let's just do it. Like, I am mean, you're a great singer, dude. You know, he never wanted to sing because he jumps off his amp and he's always crazy. He doesn't want to be stuck at a microphone all night. But I was like, dude, you kill it singing. Like, so just, just own it. He's know? a rock star, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, man. In every sense of the word, you know. But um. And
0: you both, uh, you know, went off on that adventure. With yeah. Bam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. And then he was telling me he had to, that's the only tour he's ever had to walk away from, because he was like, this yeah. is too much even for me.
2: Yeah, that's why I had to pull the plug on his, on his band, too. Uh, I'm like, he's going to die, you know? <laughs> so was
0: that your call? Did you step in oh, yeah, and just yeah. say, dude?
2: He's like, when's the next tour? I'm like, nope. This has got to end. The last one was in Australia, I want to say. We had Andy McCoy on guitar from Hanoi Rocks, and um, that's just a combination from hell, so... I mean, it was a lot of fun, but there was just nights that you could just see Bam, like, pushing the envelope. He went to 13, you know. (laughs) I've been at 11. I've been at 12. 13's dark. (laughs) And um, that's the thing with Bam, you know. Like, um, he was always a partier and took things to the extreme. Was
0: he always a partier? Because just, I mean, obviously, you're his brother and you know, but... To the rest of the world, I don't think it ever seemed like he was that way when Jackass was happening and any of that. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, he got it seemed in. like he more just enjoyed chaos than
2: being in your early twenties and having more money than you can ever know what to do with is like the worst combo ever. You know, it's it never ends well. <laughs> so, um, it, yeah, the partying and everything at it, at his house, especially like, was just God, like Motley Crue in the '80s would have blushed at this at this place, you know. Castle Bam you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And then when Ryan died, then it was drinking to forget, you know, and yeah. that's when it got really dark. You know, it wasn't a party anymore. The party was long over. He was drinking his ass off just to, to not hurt, you know. Yeah. And then that's when it gets really bad. <laughs>
0: and I guess you get a lot of people who are no good as well around. That's at that exactly point in time. it. It attracts a very specific yeah. type of character, There's
2: always it? a lineup of of people that want to, like, enable, you know?
0: And suck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And fucking just... Totally.
2: Yeah. So it was a bad scene for a while there, and and his tours were just another reason for complete debauchery and taking over the top. And
0: What would a typical night entail?
2: Oh, man. I, I remember... <laughs> I mean, not that there would
0: be a typical night, <laughs> yeah. I imagine, but...
2: I mean, just police all the time getting called for great reasons, and getting kicked out of hotels everywhere you go it's just like it was just complete utter chaos and and there was a night in australia that he just you know i was like he i don't know if he's gonna survive tonight and that's when i was like no more tours you know this is a lot of fun we're all doing great business and stuff but like i'm not gonna sit here and watch my brother kill himself you know so um Are your parents on
0: the phone to you the whole time whilst this oh, is happening yeah, as well.
2: Constantly terrified. I'm and I'm of course the the guy that's there to make sure that he doesn't die. And that's like a pretty big job. And um yeah, it's got like every gray hair in my beard is from those tours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you look back on most of it with fondness and a smile?
2: That's the thing with those BAM tours was when it was great, it was fucking great. And when it was bad, it was really bad. Like,
0: horrible. <laughs> There's no middle ground.
2: Yeah, exactly. Even to this, you know, uh, he's doing a lot better now. He actually um, completed rehab and, like, he had a kid. So I was hoping that would take the same vibe as, as me when I had a kid. And it seems to be the case. Um, but, yeah, Bam is either, like, the most fun ever hammered or, like, angry, wants to fight you kind of thing there's no in between
0: <laughs> there's that tagline in the show isn't there he does whatever the fuck he wants yeah and he that that is his life mantra and
2: that it? is exactly i mean he would For get good away and with bad murder. And everything in between
0: like, well i guess when you're paid to do that right it's, it's going to be the very cops hard would come time.
2: i've seen him piss in the middle of a bar like with the bar and watching and the bar and like that's bam you know or the cops you know pull him over like let him get get selfies with him exactly that's exactly what it is and and i'm like this is just a recipe for disaster like he has no consequences i feel like there's times where he could he wanted to see how far he could push it like because he he thought like i'm above the law and Mm -hmm. he kind of was yeah especially in my town you know like i feel like the cops how does the town feel about your family Um, is it a love Anna it's mellowed out now (laughs) because enough time has passed but yeah yeah, it was pretty crazy for a while because I
0: guess to start with they're super proud it's like oh you put us on the map it's this amazing thing it's like hometown heroes yeah all the
2: businesses loved us because you know like people would come to, to visit our town in the middle of nowhere just so they all loved it and the cops loved us because I'm sure with bam and i's taxes for a lot of years they probably bought 10 police cruisers with, <laughs> you know what I mean like so they they would just let us get away with murder and it's it was cool for a while but then it was like we're getting away with everything and and like the addiction thing was getting much much worse
0: <laughs> that house as well I mean was it just dormant after the Viva the Bam stuff had finished filming or was Bam still living there yeah, or it, just a collection of fucking strangers just still living there, living there.
2: And then he, that must
0: have been a sad place to inhabit after the crew's gone home, kind of. It feels like it's almost like yeah, after, the, after the party's over. Band,
2: and, then he got another show, and they were filming there, and then when yeah, that how ended, you? Yeah. it was like around when Ryan died, and then that place was like so depressing. Like I imagine like going to Neverland right now or whatever, like Michael Jackson's house, you know. It's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just dark and depressing and just... The set of a TV show that's over, like, it's like closed down amusement park kind of thing or something. Uh.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door
2: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: It's funny because I feel like with... What, I mean, what's your thoughts on, on fame? Because I feel like when you get it, it's never enough. And then even when you conquer the world and you look at, you know, say like a Guns N' Roses or a, a huge famous actor or there's right. often this case that, and it's, I mean, Bam was just the most famous person on earth for so long. Yeah. And for like, a while it was pretty crazy. Is yeah. there ever a moment, do you think for anyone who achieves that level of fame where you can just go, you know what? I've done it. I'm cool. I'm yeah. going to step away, chill out.
2: He handled it pretty well considering, like I don't think I would be able to handle like the level that he was at. Like, I I like to go to grab a cup of coffee at the coffee shop, you know, and and not really be bothered. Like he can't, he couldn't do that for years. Like if he went anywhere, it was like he was swarmed, and that's and like oddly enough, like a kind of a lonely life because of course you're yeah. always just in the backstage, hidden away. You can't go out, you can't do anything, and and it's just really strange. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean he uh, it it's funny because talking about like getting a certain level of fame like some people do crave it and and i was talking to somebody a friend of mine about this like it's i think the reason why a lot of like actors and and musicians and stuff get get like addiction problems because there's adrenaline like this just thing on stage when you're playing like to a crowd of like thousands of people like singing your lyrics back at you the lyrics you wrote in your bedroom when you were 18 you know like it's just this level of high that you cannot recreate and people try to chase that feeling all the time with drugs and stuff. And that's, that's why they get into such trouble. I feel like Well, when you
0: come off stage as well, it's like, you need to keep that buzz going. How exactly. do you do that? Yeah. Ah, exactly. Let's go down this road. And then yeah. before you know it, you're not doing it for fun anymore. You're doing it because you need to get through the tour or through whatever right. the next thing is. And then
2: it's, it's like uh, flipping the switch. Like we're, I was talking to a friend of mine, like, you just have to turn it off, you know, like, and I've gotten pretty good at that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go play a festival of 50,000 people, like, you know, something that I fly home and I'm like taking the trash out, you know, like I'm making lunch, like school lunch for my kids. Like, it's well, you, like you
0: have that absolute grounding and normality that balances you out. Yeah, You can't be a rock star asshole when you've got a family to take care of because exactly. they don't care.
2: Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're they just like, I'm hungry, all. dad. They Come do on. not care at all. And I've I've there's been so many times that I like tried to be super dad, you know, like we had this um there's this really popular show called Yo Gabba Gab in the states. And I we know, were, it, yeah,
0: yeah, with the little like space hopper thing, right, yeah, right, yeah.
2: And my kids were all about it when they were like little, and um, so I made like every phone call I could to get on this show, which was really hard because it was so popular. Like Jack Black and like Brad Pitt and all these guys were on it, so they were getting like some high-profile dudes, you know, and, um, you know, who the hell am I? But luckily we had um, this manager that um, went on to, like, manage Kanye and got pretty big time, and that's a phone call I don't like to make very often. But I was like, hey, man, if you could just pull some strings and call, you know, somebody that you might know. It's for my kids. It's yeah, for my kids. Exactly. They play yeah, on it, the heartstrings. Yeah, it's like, do you do you know uh, anyone at Nickelodeon or whatever? Like, you got to get us on this. So he got us on... And I didn't tell my kids anything about it. And I just, you know, they it was like a, a tour, so we got on some of the dates of the tour, brought my kids to it, and they were just confused, you know? afterwards I was like you've
0: crossed the fourth wall yeah they were like why
2: Why are you on our show that we <laughs> like you know like it, it totally
0: backfired in my face
2: yeah you've blown
0: it dad you've yeah. ruined our favorite I'm pretty show. sure yeah. they stopped watching it it takes it them out that. of that dream state doesn't it into yeah. reality and they're like oh because whatever your parents do isn't <laughs> yeah, cool yeah yeah you know? exactly it doesn't matter what your dad's up to yeah. in your eyes it ain't cool yeah somewhere
2: <laughs> Jimmy Page's kid is probably like yeah he's an okay guitar it's fine you know he's like no he's a legend like
0: eh yeah yeah okay <laughs> his daughter is actually an amazing Amazing photographer, I, Scarlet I Page. Yeah, yeah. And she used to shoot. Well, I mean, she still shoots everyone. But there was a period in like the nineties, turn of the noughties where she would be like the photographer to all the biggest bands, Pumpkins, right, right. The Darkness.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Paul McCartney's daughter too is like this huge fashion designer. I think. Yeah.
0: What so. What did your parents do?
2: Uh, my mom has this like uh, antique store in town. Right. She's had for like ten years, and she still does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Keeps her busy. She loves it. Um My dad has the terribly unfortunate task of being uh, me and Bam's accountant. Really? And has
0: that been the case since day one?
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'm in a (laughs) bunch of bands, so it's like a lot of paperwork that he has to deal with. Bam has all these, you know, film companies and stuff, you know. So it's a full-time job, and God bless him for doing it. You know, it's probably pretty stressful. Like, when you tour all these countries and stuff, you know, like, you have to deal with every country's taxes and stuff. It's it's a nightmare. I know. You know I'm, I'm, I'm off to Europe
0: you. next week, and I don't have anyone doing it for me, and so I'm just like, oh, yeah, it is sucks. it even worth going? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, man, I'm almost like, just don't even pay me. I'll just go for the experience and exactly, forget Exactly. Like some page. of the Europe tours,
2: it's like, okay, we have Hungarian money. We have Croatian money. Like, at some point, it's like, do, do we even, like, want to deal with that? Like, <laughs> maybe let's not collect the payment, you know? Yeah. Do they
0: love being grandparents?
2: Yeah. Oh, they love it. Yeah. It's crazy, like, between my four and now Bam has one, like, they have this whole army of grandkids now, and, they, yeah, they love it, man. Is it just you and Bam?
0: There's no other brothers or sisters? Yeah, it's just us. Just you two mm-hmm. is probably enough, right?
2: Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would have survived a third Margera.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you said earlier he's, he's doing much better. Is he he's doing good?
2: Yeah, it was kind of a thing um, I feel
0: like for a while he lived his life out very much online on the internet. And that yeah, must have uh, been tough for you guys, because it's it's yeah. different now. The world's different, and everybody has an it opinion is. and a, a a platform now to spout what right. can often be quite hateful. And oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. jackass and, and Viva La Bam was a thing, there was no Instagram and Twitter and all of that, so you right. don't get all these immediate feedback. And that right. must fuck with his head as well when he shares this stuff, and they've just got people going. Ugh. Yeah, definitely. And and, and you guys as his family. It's pretty crazy as to well.
2: think about, like the internet in that way. Like, I'm sure if there was social media when I was. Fifteen or whatever, and Metallica released an album, and I would have been like, "Man, like that's not my Metallica, you know, Master of Puppets is my Metallica, or whatever." Yeah. Dumb comments would have came out of my fifteen-year-old mouth, and then it's like James Hetfield might read that or Lars, or and some, it know, affects like,
0: their creative process. Yeah, and
2: they, and they have to read my dumbass fifteen-year-old Pennsylvania comments. Uh, it's it's crazy to think about. <laughs>
0: It's a fucking weird world like we live in now, I think, for the creative kind of industry, Yeah. as you say. Be- I mean, feedback is always good, but then some people, I think, just <laughs> right. leave that opinion where it is. <laughs> yeah,
2: and some bands, like, go overboard with it. It's like, we I don't need to know every little thing that you're, you know, oh, we're recording now and we're going for pizza or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I,
0: wh- I don't need to know Yeah, this.
2: Like, just let me know when the album's coming out.
0: <laughs> are you, are you, I know you're on it, but
2: you spend much time on it? Well, I've, like, relaxed a little bit, like, with personal stuff because you go around and tour and, and you have total random strangers. Like, how was Scarlett's birthday? You know, it's like, who the hell are you, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of creeped me out a little bit. So I've pulled back a little on the personal stuff. But Do
0: you yeah. get a lot of people messaging you on there saying, like, oh, what's going on with Bam? Yeah, yeah, you. yeah,
2: definitely. Um,
0: that must be a fucking bummer.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've... It's it's put up the firewall. It's become like uh, I really like when I lose my phone, which happens a lot. And like I just get a break. accidentally on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Accidentally on purpose. (laughs) I know it's like under the seat in my truck or something. (laughs) And I'll 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 go look for it eventually. But not now. I'm enjoying the the break. (laughs) But I mean, there's something to be said about it, too. Like it's it's not all bad, you know, like um, it's great to promote tours you know we just toured Budapest and and, um
0: well when you're a band now you can really self market yourself
2: right and and you get to play places that you never would because of the internet you know what I mean like there's because of YouTube and stuff like you know we got offers to do France and stuff like we've never had albums there and and it just seems like that was a country that they're they're not so much into American rock bands like they have their own rock bands that they're into and stuff and uh it's just cool to be able to play places like that because of the internet. Like, you know, they know of you from YouTube and stuff like that. And that that was not the case. You know, we we would go do like a 4,000 seat venue in um, London and then go over Calais and play it it's in, like in mainland Europe to a bar, Yeah, like a little tiny bar, you know?
0: I guess you don't know how big or small you are, do you, if the internet's not there to tell you. Right. But exactly. then also the other the flip side is you can have all these followers. Yeah. But then you can't sell tickets. Exactly. It's like it's it's, it's I think it's still a minefield, isn't it? Yeah, but,
2: and, and you know, now that it's like the the feed, you know, there's so much like on Instagram or Twitter. Noise. Like, it's yeah. It's so easy to miss mm-hmm. tour dates or whatever. Like you know, there's been people um there's been cases like we're playing uh you know, Dallas or something. And then people are like, oh, we came from Austin to see it. It's like, we're playing Austin tomorrow. It's like, I didn't see that one. Google, motherfucker. So internet is like really just almost decimated advertising in a way like that people know what's happening in towns around them and sometimes miss what's right on their own doorstep. Happening two miles away from their house, you know? How
0: do you deal with it as a dad? Do you try and limit what time your kids have online? And mon- monitor it and...
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely that's like, a scary world, isn't well, it? Well, my wife is more about, you know, keeping them under control with that. But yeah, I definitely like make sure that they're not on social media posting like, you know, super personal stuff or whatever. Like, luckily my kids are young enough that I don't have to worry about like all the fucking nude bullshit or whatever's going on right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your friendship with Chad. Is that that, tell me about your friendship with Chad.
2: Oh, Chad. Man, yeah,
0: tell funny. me about the the nature of this brotherhood and, and it's relationship. It's
2: so funny because... The I'm last me- two men standing. I met yeah. Chad very briefly when I was 16. Um, we had, like, mutual friends in the skate world. So when we started recording Volume 1 with him, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, you know? And it took me years to realize, like oh, I met you at Love Park, like, skating, you know? And um, So, I, I mean, that's when I really uh, met him and got to hang with him in, like, 97, I, I think is when we started the first record. And, um, yeah, man, it's just, the guy's a, a creative force, you know? Like, he's a very gifted producer. And that, I think that's why the band sounds like it does, like, because we, you know, we produce our own albums, you know? Like... You can go to the best producer ever, and he's going to use the same techniques he uses on all the other bands he's recorded. And Chad just has his own way of doing things, and and getting crazy sounds that you might not necessarily hear on other records. So um,
0: and creating them live, like with just two of you, yeah, it sounds full. It sounds big. Yeah, it's tricky, and it's man. it's. I imagine it's a bit easier when it's just like a two-piece outfit. You can I, I didn't know cut if, down on cost, could, cut down on bullshit.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't know if we could pull it off, but then you see these bands like Royal Blood and stuff. Yeah, and they it sound sounds huge, massive. Yeah. It's just two guys up there and, and uh, Death from Above and like mm-hmm. all these great bands. And uh, yeah, me and Chad were like, yeah, we can do it, man. We could pull it off. I don't know if we're gonna keep doing it like this. Um, it's going fine, but we we do like the band at least a three piece, four piece. You know, it just feels good up there to have more organic and exactly. analog right 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 exactly yeah so maybe we'll go in that direction you know maybe the next tour I don't know when the next tour is gonna be we're gonna go do a new album and then figure it out nice <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um and I imagine the pair of you have been through everything there is to go through together and absolutely
2: more. we've seen it all over the past 25 years or whatever it's been like yeah I've, we've seen everything what's the gnarliest fight you've ever had uh chad and i never really got into it man really but but man we've had really bad fights with, with uh, other people exactly yeah <laughs> very bad
0: you had to fight for your life to get out
2: exactly yeah it's it's
0: any springs of mind you want to share
2: oh man <laughs> just too many yeah just a lot of chaotic nights of just there's been a lot of times I find myself next to Chad punching people. It's like, <laughs> here we go again.
0: Yeah, here we go. Yeah.
2: We're getting older now, so we've mellowed out a lot. So, Who's
0: been some of your favorite rock stars that you've partied with over the years?
2: Uh, Axl Rose was fun Yeah, in Toronto. <laughs> we went to on the street.
0: Democracy Tour.
2: Yeah, the first one <laughs> when Buckethead was on, on guitar.
0: Chad was telling me about the riot in Philly.
2: Oh, man, that was crazy, dude million dollar soundboard flipped over completely trashed a bunch of chair broken chairs on top of it <laughs> yeah it's funny like there'll be people that come over to my house like parents you know like a lot of times you have to hang with parents because our kids are friends that's your social circles now Exa- exactly yeah yeah and there's people that i would never hang with but you know guns and roses will come on you know at the little party we're having or something they're like you know, one of the parents would be like, oh, I love Guns N' Roses. And I find myself like, yeah, I toured with them and I went out to a strip club with Axel and blah, blah, blah And they're looking at me like, what? Then, <laughs> just like, can't even compute. Yeah, it's just like, you know what? Maybe I should just shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sound yeah. Like yeah. A you just
0: know? have to enjoy that moment to yourself. Just exactly. Go, These guys will never know. They'll yeah, never know.
2: They think I'm talking complete <laughs> shit. Yeah. And Hetfield
0: as well, he picked you guys out single handedly, right? Same sort of deal and was like, I saw to oh, handpick CKY
2: air drumming 96 when we opened for him next to me and I was like, I can die now. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a moment.
0: Are yeah. there any more like that? Absolute fucking life-defining proud moments for you as a fan of music where, you know, not about the checks or the accolades, just about little tiny moments like that. Yeah, been just, like How fucking cool is my life?
2: I mean, just hanging with these Wild Hearts guys and listening to them stories. I mean, like... Oh, they, they've got so many. I, I love doing this for, you know? We toured with Deftones, we toured with uh, Clutch, we toured with, like, so many awesome bands and just... Bands that have been doing it longer than us and it's cool to hear all the shit they went through and all the shit we've went through. It's like definitely spark some great conversations that you won't forget. You know? There
0: needs to be a show that Kind of, I guess, like a round table style format yeah. where it's just fucking lifers. People telling stories. From the road. Yeah. Without like the journalistic angle. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just dudes on the same level. Yeah. And they're all just shooting the shit and sharing war stories. Like, oh, totally, man. Like, that's the show people would watch in their droves.
2: Guys went out with uh, motorhead, sex pistol. I mean, they've done it all, dude. Like, And,
0: and nearly died fucking a thousand multiple times over.
2: times. I told them, like, you guys have more than nine lives at this point. Like, tumbling. Losing
0: fucking limbs, fucking all sorts of shit. It's insane, isn't it? It's
2: unbelievable, man.
0: Uh, Can I ask you before you go, Jess, do you have any inside information you can give us on Jackass 4?
2: Uh, It starts filming in two weeks. Really? That soon? That's all I heard. Fucking hey. Yep.
0: What's your thoughts?
2: It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be, you know, Bam is usually like really excited about filming and now it's a a little weird, you know, Ryan's not with him. That's like his partner in crime. And uh, we're all getting older now. And I think it's going to be great. But you could see he's like, I don't know how this is going to go, you know. But if I know those guys, they have a ton of cool shit lined up. And it's going to be a fucking great film as always, you know.
0: Are you tight with some of them or all of them? Is that like an extended family for you as well? Yeah,
2: you know, I can go years without seeing those guys. And when I run into them somewhere, it's like no time has passed, you know. It's one of those things, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> love it well dude yeah. thank you so much a yeah, wicked thanks chat for, man yeah. thanks for uh some cool nights over absolutely. the last couple yeah. of weeks and yeah it's, it's sad great. that it's coming to an end tonight this is it such it's a quick over quick tour
2: but so so much fun man
0: so you're back in the studio as soon as you get home or a little bit after but um yeah can we expect f- a new record this year will it be next year more likely
2: um you know i think we're gonna probably aim for like early next year so we can like you know, do the summer festivals and stuff. You have to, like, time it out, right? Of course you, you do. do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the summer festivals is, like, the building block for most bands' touring cycle now, isn't it? As if yeah. you can get that whole European run, build exactly. club shows around it.
2: Yeah, and there's nothing like European festivals, man. Like, it's... it's. Always... Where are the
0: craziest crowds in the world?
2: Um, Man, for, for us, we've always done well here. We've always done... Australia is great. Canada is always good. Um, And then, of course... The States is like twenty different countries in one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like if you go to New York, Detroit, Portland, Texas, it's like completely different worlds. So obviously, you know, like we have spots we love to play, like Philly obviously is our hometown. Boston's always great. Um, and then there's, you know, some other ones that are like mm.
0: <laughs> could have done without that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, we could have skipped over North Carolina, maybe. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's much going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you, dude. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good man. Thank you for having me.